This is Isabel in San Dimas, Conversations with Neighbors. This is a podcast to spark conversations among neighbors about happenings in and around San Dimas. I am Isabel in San Dimas, and I'm happy to be one of your neighbors. I have a long episode ready for you today, and that's because I had a nice long chat with my friend and neighbor, Steve Giles. You might know him as Mr. Giles, a teacher at Lone Hill Middle School, but for the purpose of this episode, Mr. Giles is a musician, a creative, an artist, and we spent a nice time talking all about his background in music and most importantly, a Kickstarter that he recently started for a brand new album that he is recording and it will be coming out in the new year. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. We dive deep, we laugh, we cry, we talk about the meaning of life, and I hope you like it. Today, I have with me a special guest, my friend and one of my uh, neighbors, Steve Giles. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hi, Isabel. It is really awesome to be here. I have been listening to the podcast for a while and I've known you for a while and um it's kind of cool to be on the podcast I'm yeah sort of, I'm excited yeah so you're gonna listen to yourself like in a week or two <laughs> yeah oh yeah I can't I cannot wait to listen to myself talking uh I probably oh gosh yeah I'll probably I'll share it I don't know if I'll listen to it yeah again. maybe maybe I will I probably will so before we started recording I told my friend Steve here that I have a ton of questions so I think we're just going to dive right in. It's probably going to be a long interview because we like to chat. Um, and here we go. So let's just start from the very beginning. You know, for my listeners who don't know who you are, tell me just let's open it up. Tell me about yourself, Steve. I was born on the East Coast and uh, my dad was a firefighter and then he was in the uh, Air Force and then he got a job in the private sector. And so he moved from, he was in, we moved, we lived in South Carolina, then Delaware, Bear, Delaware. <laughs> and I remember because I saw Star Wars for the first time in Bear, Delaware. So I was in like fourth grade. Um, and then we, uh, his job moved him to, uh, I think he actually think he had a job in like Rancho Cucamonga, but his work, he got a, a house in Agoura, California. So we lived in Agoura, California, and he was commuting crazy. I, I so I remember like you know I think it was like fourth fifth fourth or fifth grade there and then I moved to Redlands California mm -hmm. um, and that's where I started actually where I first started learning and trying wanting to play music uh, it was probably like in sixth grade we had a piano in the house and there was this movie called um, Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy it has this really famous. Do, 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 It's called Axel F. This is little theme. And I remember specifically like trying to learn the notes of that. Like I was so, it was so cool. And I wanted to like make those notes. Mm -hmm. um, so Redlands, California, when I, I basically feel like I'm from Redlands, even though I'm from all those other places. Mm -hmm. I started um, playing music. I got guitar lessons. I was, I was in a church, uh, Temple Baptist in Redlands. It was like directly above the high school. So I was involved in youth group and my youth pastor had a guitar. Uh, I, I have that guitar to this day and I still use it all the time. Um, it's very beat up. It's covered in stickers, but it's like my like first guitar. And my youth pastor uh, was sitting in his office 
And I was like, can I, can I try to, can I borrow that? And he's like, yeah, here you go. And here's a couple chords. He wrote some chords out on a piece of paper. It says, here's how you put your fingers. And, and he just let me take the guitar. Mm-hmm. And I've never given it back. <laughs> I think and I asked him at one point and he said, you can, you can keep it. Um, and how old were yeah. you at that time? I was in, I think at that point I was in seventh grade. Okay. Sixth or seventh grade. And I was just, I was in youth group um, and uh, th- there was the worship band. In fact, the first thing I played in the worship band was, I think, harmonica. Ooh. And not because I could play. I think I realized why they did it. It's because you couldn't hear it over the band. So they just gave me an instrument that I could just blow on and then just like, you know, I would stop when the band stopped. <laughs> and I think it was, it's kind of like saying, play left field, go deep, just go way out there. You're good. <laughs> so, um, but that sort of gave me some confidence that I could be in a band, you know? And I, I found some other musicians in high school and I sort of like would go to their house and like listen to the band play. And it was so exciting to like hear these bands making music. It was very magical. It was like, very it felt unattainable at the time like to like write my own music like mm-hmm. and record it like i don't i didn't think maybe i thought that was a thing i could do mm-hmm. um at that point but i saw it and it was like so cool like i remember going to a, i had a friend who was in high school and he was in a college band and he was in a band called Milton's Cafe that played uh, at the University of Redlands. And we went to the university. <laughs> like, this is a high school. This is like kind it's of a, a sheltered. Deal. Yeah, this is like a sheltered church kid um, uh, going to this, like, you know, down into this, like, smoky, like, college dorm room or something. And, like, they're just playing this cool, loud music. And I'm just sitting there, like, fanboying, standing, whatever, all over, just like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. But trying not to look like a like a f- fanboy and just be cool and sit there and listen. Um, and that got me, those things, like, those little, you know, instances uh, got me, thinking about oh man what can I do to do play music and my actually my junior high teacher in seventh or eighth grade Mr. Morden uh he had a band that he brought to school he did like a like an assembly where we all went and watched his band play Mm -hmm. and I was like this is so cool and like I want to do that I didn't realize that one day I would become a teacher and play music like he was. Yeah. <laughs> That's my formative, like, high school kind of getting into music. Um, I was, oh, so there's a big part of it. There was a, a radio show, Christian. It was like a very, very on the edge kind of thing. It was called Reality Rock. And, like, I got to see the bands. I got to go to the concerts and help clean up. And, like, I learned how to fold cables. Basically, I was a roadie Mm -hmm. at the shows. And it was so cool to be at the shows with these bands that I looked up to. Um, There was a really cool music scene that I still fondly look back on. So you talk about, like, when you're in fifth, sixth, seventh grade, like, starting to, you know, pick up the guitar and just, like, getting the harmonica. I guess one question I have for you is, you know, I, I play guitar, I play piano, but I don't like consider myself a musician. Like you are a prolific musician, I would consider you. But like, so when, like, was there a moment or like a time in your life where you felt like you, you went from like a person who like dabbled with instruments or like, you know, was a, a groupie into like, wow, I am like actually a musician. Mm. So one, 
was, well, I think when I started playing in like the worship band and I was like leading in my little youth group, like I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm like leading the song. And I mean, it was very scary. Like at first I was more behind the scenes, like kind of helping and like, like our youth pastor was a musician and he played keyboard. So I was kind of accompanying, um, but then getting to the point where he's like, you're going to lead now. Like I, I had really good people who kind of pushed me. Um, and I don't know if that's because they saw something or if they just that's they were just being good leaders and kind of like challenging me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but but that like those those like shoves that you can do this and you're going to lead now. Like I had that happen multiple times where I was given this kind of shove off the cliff of my comfort level. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started feeling like that. But I it's weird because there's this imposter syndrome sensation where you're like oh if i'm not this if i'm not i don't know if i'm not you too i'm not a musician or i'm not i can't even call myself a musician because i'm not i don't have an album recorded Mm. or i don't i haven't written a song or whatever there's a lot of things that we tell ourselves or i tell myself um that makes me like not and i still struggle with this all the time um I've done, I've done lots of cool things with music, but it's funny, like even anybody I've talked with, like and read interviews with lots of people and they, I think almost everybody, everybody, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, all those, all these people that are like superstars that have gold records kind of have a lot of those same feelings and Mm. see other people and go, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. You know, like what they do is amazing. That's so interesting. And I, I think too, I mean, at least for me, you know, thinking about like being creative and I think we were talking about this before we started recording, like writing your own songs. Like I think, you know, there's like a vulnerability with that. And um, like, I don't know, maybe even like this pressure that we, you put on yourself or ourselves as, you know, creators and like, like you said, Bob Dylan and, you know, like constantly comparing themselves to like other people they admire or look up to. But, um, you know, I mean, like, you know, I've, I've listened to some of your music and I think it's really like, I mean, first of all, I'm impressed by like the range of different types of music you can make. And like, you know, like I feel like you're able to change your sound and your voice and like do a lot of different things. And I feel like mm-hmm. your, your music is very like authentic. I don't know. I like, I, I'm the type of person who listens to lyrics like, my husband Phil, he'll like listen to like the beat of something and won't really listen to the words. But like sometimes I listen to your stuff and I'm like, I feel like you're really like telling us a story here, you know? Um hmm. but I, I feel like we're we're getting off track. But um No, 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 that's not that's not <laughs> off track. Uh, and I I'd say that I'm I'm a lot like Phil when I listen to music. Mm-hmm. I'm actually like I really like the music and like I'm the worst with lyrics. <laughs> Even my own lyrics sometimes. <laughs> But um, I do write a lot of songs. That's another thing. We'll talk. We'll talk about that more. But um, uh, like when I hear songs, like I I would be perfect for like one of those shows where they take best worst misheard lyric lines or whatever. Because I do not get the song right hardly ever. But I I love I love so many different styles of music and mm-hmm. yeah I do a lot of different styles. Um, I had it so. Like you were talking about, like where when did I feel like a musician? There, I was in a band, this band called Push Start Wagon. Actually, my first 
my first band was called Saved by Grace, and we were a Christian metal band, and um, really cheesy. But we got to like play like at the San Bernardino. I think it's called the Paris Bowl, and we opened for these bands that were actually like pretty big in the Christian metal scene,、mm-hmm. and it was. So scary! I remember being just terrified, and like、um, our equipment was so cheesy. Like I think back on it, just makes me like cringe because it was <laughs> so bad. But、um, you know, I, I don't even know how we got through the songs, but we did, and、um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, I I just played a show on a stage in front of like these bands.、Um, And then little things like that occurred more and more in college. I mean, playing on stage like that—that that seems like a pretty pivotal, memorable moment, you know. To、oh, like,、yeah. I don't know, play a concert essentially. Do you um, do you get nervous when you perform live or when you're recording in your studio? When I'm recording my studio, hardly ever do I get nervous.、Um, performing live. Yes, especially the buildup before I perform, like the kind of the process. Once I start singing and I'm into like a song or two, I'm usually fine.、Mm-hmm. I still get like a little bit of like butterflies or like there's that little like excitement and nervousness before,、mm-hmm. um, because just like everybody, you want to be accepted and loved, and people you want people to like what you're doing and get what you're doing. You、mm-hmm. know, yeah, I I do get nervous, but. I never to the point where I'm like I just can't do it, you、mm-hmm. know. Like that's that's never happened. I've definitely freak. I mean, there's been some where I was really freaked.、Um, I've had some really horrible experiences, like where something like I broke a string. Oh, we went on、no. this tour. Yeah, like we went on this tour and we're playing at this thing called Cornerstone Festival. It's like our first show, and I start playing and just <gasps> brant and break a string. There's no, I have no spare guitar. Oh no! But I was like running around. I just remember being so panicked. And then I think we borrowed a guitar, or we just ripped the string. I don't even remember because I was just so frazzled.、Mm-hmm. It just threw me off. Oh my gosh!、Um, well, it, it's the worst feeling. It's the worst. Well,、feeling. and I guess too, like live, <laughs> like you, like you said, you know, things can go wrong, or like you have one chance at doing it. Whereas, like if you're recording in the studio, you know, you can go back、mm-hmm. and edit. Like I, I was just thinking,、yep. you know, like I'm pretty.、Um, Stage fright, like I don't like to perform. Like I can never be a teacher because, like, standing in front of a classroom of like thirty kids every day and talking, like that is frightening to me.、Um, whereas you're a teacher, but like <laughs> recording for my podcast is like super easy because it's just like me and my guest. You know, maybe a couple hundred people will listen to it after, but I don't have to think about those people. It's like just you and me. We're just chit chatting, you know. And、uh, maybe、yeah. it's like that when you're. Recording in your studio versus like performing yeah, live. Yeah, 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 for sure. Record recording is like、uh, I try more and more to get into a space when I record where I'm like there. I have a real f- emotion, you know, like because that is what people connect to in a song.、Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I know that there's parts of songs like literally just you just like oh, there's that cool. Beep, boop, You know, there's a cool sound or something, or a little note. There's like that's called the hook of、mm-hmm. the song, maybe. But then, if there's not like something real about the song, like a real emotion, love, lust, hate, anger, frustration, whatever, people generally don't connect with it. I mean, it could just be a very nice sounding song, very well recorded, 
but if it doesn't have something that connects with people, mm-hmm. um, generally it does. I don't think they just. I don't think they last. Mm-hmm. Those songs just don't last. We just don't know about them because people don't connect to it. You know. Mm-hmm. So someone described it to me as almost like acting. Like you kind of get into a role and you sort of inhabit that role. Uh, like if you're, I don't know, whatever role you're taking, and you try to really like feel what that person would feel. Mm-hmm. So sometimes. As a musician, I will like I'm writing about something and I'll really try to like feel like I'm feeling that feeling right then. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I do a lot of my recordings right when I am inspired and I try to get the very best vocal recording I can when I do it. Not like uh, being perfect, but just I've learned that like a lot of times that recording is the best recording I've ever will ever do of that song. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes the initial idea for me is the very 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 best. Like that spontaneous, very special. Like yeah, factor. like you just can't. Yeah, just sometimes because it just comes out like a certain way. Like literally, like the words are coming out right then and there. I've written songs where I wrote the whole song where it was like a live take and it was just improvisation, like on an idea mm-hmm. and. And it was amazing, you know. And I've done that, and it's really been horrible too. Like it's like, okay, that that is really I got to rewrite those lyrics. It's just really bad. Um, but you kind of like let it a, flow. It's like I don't yeah, know, like some people yeah. like journaling or something, and you're just kind of like audio recording as you're journaling and letting it out. Yeah, and I and there's so many ways to approach songwriting. Uh, like some people, and I've done it a bunch of different ways. There's I've studied it over the years, but like some people will literally just they'll write the lyrics first, you know, and then they take the lyrics and they will compose a melody to those lyrics. Mm -hmm. And then some people will compose a a melody first, like maybe, you know, they're like, da, 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 da. And they'll be like, I have cats and friends, you know, like (laughs) you'll. That's good. It's good. I'm going to write that down. Um, (laughs) You heard it here first. It's being recorded. It's being I have cats (laughs) and friends. Um, And you'll like. Or you just start playing chord. I, I tend to like play and get something that feels cool to me or sounds cool to me in some way, or I'm inspired by the sound or the progression. And then I start singing something. Mm-hmm. And then I just find a like a, I'll kind of keep playing around it until I find like a, maybe a phrase or an idea. Um, I'm a part of a bunch of songwriting groups. Mm-hmm. So like uh, until honestly, until just like a le- like a month, because I've been working on this Kickstarter for a new album, mm-hmm. which I, we will dive into in a little we while. We will dive into. I record a song a week f- for like the last I don't know decade. Oh, like every single week. Oh my gosh! Well, I I see you post you know your songs every week, um, but I didn't know you've been doing that for ten years. Holy yeah, cow! I think it's been for ten years. That's maybe it's impressive. Maybe it's, eight years. it's somewhere around there. We started a group, a songwriting group. That like we had like seen, I don't know if it was, um, gosh, a really famous songwriter. Uh, what's his name? I feel like it's the, it might be John Mayer and Ben Folds Five, uh, Ben, Ben Folds. And they had like a little like challenge. Like it's like, hey, you have to write a song a week and you have to like mail the cassette to the other person or you're out. It's like a game. It's like a, almost like a dare mm-hmm. to get them to write songs. And you've just been and doing so, like, it ever since. We've been doing that for a long time. We heard about that. And then we like this group started and we started like doing that. It's like creativity. I don't think creativity runs out. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can expend your creativity. I think you it's like a muscle or like exercising. Mm-hmm. Like the more you build it, the more you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the songwriting groups I'm in, they, they, 
the two that I'm in have like a prompt. So every week there'll be like a, a word or a f- sentence or a phrase mm-hmm. or a theme. So it might be like, uh, you know, sailboat, you know, mm. or, or, or uh, love lost, you know, and then you, th- that gives me that like target to shoot for. Mm. Um, also, I'm a part of a professional organization called Taxi, Taxi Music, and they're like an A&R company uh, who, they, they're like an in-between for like so like for example netflix says a show and they're like hey we need a song for this scene that sounds like you know echo and the bunny men and foo fighters and or whatever they they give like a little thing they want and then that taxi will send it out to all their songwriters and then we i look at those listings it's like oh um something like this and this oh i i I like that style i'm gonna try to write a song like that Mm mm-hmm I love having a specific target. That's cool. Um, it's so cool. I've written so many songs that I just love that came out of like trying to get something. And then it actually ended up being some something totally different, but something really cool that I never would have written mm-hmm. if I hadn't like kind of started with an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Has Sin Demas ever made it into one of your songs? Has that ever been a prompt or a source of inspiration? <laughs> you know, not a... Dr- I, you, I need to write a song about San Dimas. Okay. Honestly, I can't... Uh, That's your I prompt. I really can't believe I... <laughs> yeah. That is my prompt. Hold up. I'm going to write that down. Definitely things that have happened to me in San Dimas have definitely made it into a song. Oh my gosh, like, you can write a song... in San Dimas. About like the Western song- days, a song about Halloween on San Dimas Avenue. Oh my gosh, there's so many great ideas. Oh my... I'm, I'm sketching things down right now. Okay. Uh, my uh, other more serious question is... Um, so obviously you make a lot of music. I mean, writing a song a week, I mean, to me seems like a lot of work, but you're also, you know, a husband, a dad, a teacher, you know, you do all these other things. How do you find time to, you know, make music in the midst of everything? Uh, that is a very good question. <laughs> um, yeah. I, for me, having the deadlines really helped me to do it. You know, like, when I was in bands, I did it because we had rehearsals. So we'd rehearse a couple times a week or whatever. You're college kids. What else do you have to look for? Like, mm-hmm. we're, that's, that that's was everything. <laughs> like, yeah, like, we're going to rehearse a couple times a week if we could, you know, like, loved it. Getting together, rehearsing, and then having a show, you know, that was like the best thing. Um, and then, you know, when I had a full-time job, uh, but no kids, I still played in like two bands, like on and off. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, in my free time. Uh, now, when I had kids and I was working full time as a teacher, then I scaled back. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like there's a point where I stepped back from the band and but I was still writing music. But I just it was actually a little sad at first. I was like, because I felt like the only thing you could do is be in a band and you get big and you get signed by a label and then you tour. And I thought that is the only way that you count as a musician, mm. you know, like, cause that's sort of, I don't know. That just felt like that's what was presented to me. Like the ideal. Um, yeah, that was the ideal. I just made the time. Um, and having a songwriting challenge for me really helped me. Two things that I'm taking away from this. One is that, I mean, I know it sounds like, you know, having these groups that are kind of like challenging and inspiring you to like be productive that seems like a big help. Um, but also, like, I don't know. I'm I'm just getting the sense that, like, 
how do I say this? Like, like you can't separate Steve from music. It's like, that's just like a part of like who you are and like what you do. And it's just like, it's like part of your life routine, like in a way that, you know, running is part of someone else's routine. It's like, it's just part of what you do. And um, I don't know, like a takeaway that I'm taking from this, you know, you're a teacher and I feel like I'm learning from you. I feel like I'm like, oh, you're inspiring me to be like, how can I be more creative in my life? Like, what can I do to like create something? Because I think, like you said, when you became a parent, like you had a skill way back on like being in a band. And I definitely have felt like, you know, having kids like sucks up so much time and energy. And like, I I am not as like, I don't have as many like hobbies or, or creative outlets as I used to have. And I feel like talking to you, I'm like, maybe I should get into that more. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, that I think, like, I've seen so many like, little challenges like this. I, I'll tell you another thread I think flows through a lot of what I do is that I really like being involved in different communities. Like, I like being and doing something with other people. I love I love being in a band. It's so much harder as an adult to be in a band for me because it requires a lot of scheduling. Mm-hmm. And that's a way that is way harder so being able to do a studio where i'm really can control all the elements Mm -hmm. and i can play drums and bass and guitar and piano or whatever like or i can get someone to do it for me online like i've actually worked with a really cool drummer that i someone showed me on instagram and like she is so good and like i just send her something and you know i pay her and she records a drum track and emails it back and i'm like oh my gosh that's amazing put it in the song so like I get to do that too. I love collaborating with people. Well, it sounds like having your studio um lets you have a lot more flexibility in terms of like recording and like doing it on your own time mm-hmm. as opposed to like scheduling like five oh. people's schedules and Oh yeah. No, actually, I mean getting into a studio for me like I was in a ba- I was in this band called Push Start Wagon. I'm still technically I'm still in this band. Um, we've never broken up. Like we're all friends. Yeah, if they're listening, just, you're still in the yes, band. That's right. <laughs> we're still in the band. We're still in the band. We're all still in the band. I have no. We're all equal partners in the band, so I don't control it by any means. Um, but so the the band was playing. My drummer Ben Egghorn, He has a studio in Monrovia, and he was already doing like recording with like a like a digital uh, eight track back in the day, and I had a four track like a cassette four track Mm -hmm. that you put a cassette in i actually bought another one that i have now because we do this thing where we'll record one track of a four cassette we'll mail it to someone else Mm -hmm. and then they'll just add to it and then we keep mailing it until we fill the track up and then whatever this is the song is the song oh cool it's actually really fun um uh one of the guys i did that with uh John Cooperwriter, we recorded a song recently that actually got accepted to a music library. And it's like, it was really cool. Like he like visited California from Michigan also. I believe he's in Michigan too. A lot of Michigan people. Um, And we recorded the song in one day. He just came and said, we have to record a song together. So we just wrote something. And then that song, uh, it's called Waiting For You. Um, I'll probably have to share the link with you later. But um, we we finished it. It was like, there's something really special. This is really cool. Uh-huh. I was mumble lyrics. So we actually said, I like this song so much that I'm going to try to write actual lyrics. So we like worked out like an idea to ch- make it make some kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Cause it felt really good. Yeah. It felt, it had a feeling 
Like there was something about it. We're just both like, it was magic. This is really cool. It was, it was magic. It just had a little bit of magic that like, it, it, it was like transported us. We both were like, this is, is this good? I think this is good. <laughs> I think this is a good song. I think it's, I don't even know what it's about, but I think it's good. That's awesome. Like, yeah. So, yeah. And, oh, so tell me more about your studio. So it's, it's Johnny Cash oh. studio. Right here John in San Cash. Jo- John Cash. Studio. John Cash Studio. We're on a first name basis. My bad. Um, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know why I in that, San Dimas. Like, when did San you Dimas. set up your studio? Like, what's the story behind it? Was it just like you wanted to have your own setup, or it's really I wanted to have my own setup. <laughs> it it honestly, the studio was, and it may I'd say. I'd say 85% to 90% is me recording myself mm-hmm. in the studio. Um, but it's something that like actually when I retire from teaching um, in less, like just a little over a day, just a little over 10 years from now, I'd like to do it more full time. If I could, if I could do music full time, I think I would. So anyway, my studio, I built it for me because my drummer had a studio and he was always recording the band and I had all these ideas, but this, the pace that we worked at was much slower. And I'm like, I just want to record stuff and like release it. I don't want to wait. So I built my studio. I had a room that was available. It was the garage and we just made the garage into like kind of a room and, uh, we had kids and then we needed more space. So we like, like pushed back and made another room and uh and that's this room okay is it soundproofed and like does it it's sort of soundproofed like so the windows are actually not just double paned but like literally we have two windows okay wow So like there's a window and then like an air pocket and then another window Mm. so like anywhere there's two windows and they're both like that there's every both the doors going i have a door going outside to the backyard and have a door going into the house or there's two doors mm-hmm. with an air pocket because basically that space is where the sound escapes. So like when a sound wave hits like a, a surface, it then it vibrates that surface and it sends the sound through it. Mm-hmm. And the more things you have between those things, the more that sound gets uh, vibrate, uh, the vibration sort of, uh, sorry, that's my alarm. The, the vibration keeps traveling. So, like, the reason you can hear bass notes, like, you can hear a booming bass is because the bass sound waves are these just gigantic, you know, powerful uh, waves. That's why you feel um, you feel that that car coming with a boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. You hear that, and you could just hear the boom, boom, you know, because mm-hmm. that sound wave travels through surfaces. It, it um, touches, and it uses the surface to, like, send the sound out. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, all to say, my studio is reasonably soundproofed it still can be kind of loud in the house if i'm like i'm not like rocking out like the loudest amp and guitar drums all the time but and i don't go after a certain time just because i have neighbors and it sounds like a really loud stereo probably for my neighbors if i'm like going but i I don't want to be that neighbor so you you mentioned like recording in your studio with a couple folks i'm curious um do you ever record with like locals uh, i guess like the the root of this question is like is san dimas or the surrounding areas like a very musical community or like do you look elsewhere for folks i did a songwriting showcase in san dimas Mm. and we used to do it 
uh, Caddy Corner de Zendejas. Um, it was called Home Brew okay. Coffee. Or no, it was called Coffee Bazaar. Or I don't even remember. But there was a, it was, it's a huge room. Uh-huh. And it was like a coffee shop. And it was there for quite a while. Oh, and man. I started this, and I started this songwriting thing. And I just invited everyone I knew that was in the area to come and play like a couple songs. I ran it. It was like a coffee house that I ran. Like an open like, mic real, kind of thing? Yeah, like an open mic thing. Yeah, it was an open mic and people could sign up beforehand and and oh. uh, if we had time. It was really cool. Do, is, is there, there hasn't been anything like it in a while. I was just going to say, so there's nothing like that. What do you think it would take to kind of um, spur like that musical culture in, in town? Oh my gosh. So, uh, well, I think COVID has put a little bit of a that's Damper. made it really, really hard. Yeah, yeah it's that, honestly before that, um, I feel like you could have thrown a rock into the air and hit a place where there was some kind of live music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely coming back. Music is such an essential part of everything, and I don't think people realize it. Like it is, there is very. There are very few shows that you watch that don't have music. Mm-hmm. I can't think of many that don't have at least some music, mm-hmm. like introductory music or like transitional music mm-hmm. that goes from this scene to this scene. Mm. Um, it is a glue and it, it is it helps set the emotional center. I mean, honestly, it's funny, like people have recut like like comedies as horror movies. There's really funny things on YouTube where they'll take like, for okay, Forrest Gump. I've seen this. It's so funny. They'll take like a scene from Forrest Gump, they'll recut it in black and white, and like make the cuts different, and then they just add like scary music, mm-hmm. and it looks like a horror movie. Well, and it's because the music really makes a horror movie. That's interesting horrific. that you say that because I I've noticed that with my kids lately. So you know, my kids are like three and under, and like we'll be watching something, and if the music like changes in tone and it's like a little bit spooky or scary, like you know, it's right around Halloween. Um, they they react like they're a little bit more mm-hmm. scared, and it's weird because I'm like, you've never heard this song, like you've never seen this like before, but. You know, even if we're like we're what we've watched this show, like this Halloween show with cars, and the cars look really friendly, but if the music is a little spooky, the kids get spooked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where were you conditioned to learn that reaction to it, the music? All the movies we've watched, I think, uh, the way they've used music to uh, sometimes to cue you to sort of prepare you a little bit before a thing happens Mm -hmm. um, to create an anticipation either to scare you by building tension Mm -hmm. or to give a release for like like a cathartic scene like where it's like that swelling music when like your your hero is like just come out victorious and there's that you know like i mean you got the rocky like the kind of or you have like the orchestral stuff that really like cues you in on certain things um and and it's crazy like oh there was a really great like world war movie that i saw i was like 1919 or or uh, the music was very interesting it was very subtle but it was like this constant like tension because the war was like there was a tension Mm -hmm. like there was always like this possibility that someone's gonna die or this bomb is gonna go off and 
and they built it so well and it was like but it was very subtle it wasn't like mm -hmm. it wasn't like hearing a rocky song mm -hmm. like you know like a really obvious mm -hmm. here's well, a, i'm happy song. it's interesting i guess like kind of going back to like you know little children and music and like I, the how there are certain chords that like elicit like a positive feeling or some mm -hmm. like like you said that tension that are that are just like uncomfortable you know there's some I'm grabbing chords. a guitar hold on oh yeah because certain chord progressions and sounds ooh, you're not tuned I'm not tuning, <laughs> no, I'm not tuned. <laughs> that'll create a certain feeling like for example if i play this chord Ooh. <laughs> that's yeah ew it's kind of a it's interesting how like certain chord progressions for example a major chord progression mm -hmm. will give a in general a kind of a happy happy feeling mm -hmm. like a major chord and then a minor chord progression um so there's a minor is like uh let's see here oops that's not still in tune Minor chord progression will give like a maybe what sounds like a or is perceived as a sadder mm -hmm. um, feeling. Now it is not necessarily just major equals happy, and you know there's there's like lots of really happy upbeat songs that have minor chords in them. Uh, but there is a there is a little bit of a sense of um, I don't know uh, like so here's some major chords. I'm also strumming it kind of like I could strum it. The tempo can also have yeah. it, but those are major chords. Now, if I do minor chords, it's so weird how we just I can feel. play it the same way. It feels a little more upbeat like now, that. Now this is major. minor so sometimes the tempo and the feel can actually like how fast it's played mm -hmm. can give you that like that energy mm -hmm. um there's like a dance a tempo for dance that this traditional is 120 beats per minute and i think it has something to do with the heart rate mm. and like when your heart rate is elevated and you're dancing like how your heart rate should feel mm -hmm. roughly um and so, like, dance music will be based off of that tempo. So that faster tempo will give you that sensation. I was going to say, well, so, you know, you pulled out the guitar. I feel like uh, we've been talking for a long time and we've been teasing this album that you uh, are releasing. So I'm wondering maybe before we talk about the album, if you want to uh, play a little sample for us. Oh, I could do that. Okay. Come we'll, on. Let me grab a nut. Let me grab. I will do. I will do this. Let me grab my other guitar. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of guitars in here. <laughs> Let's see. Um, yeah. So this is my first guitar, and this is one of the songs that's going to be. so good to hear those words I know I wish that I could hear them more but I know that the waiting gives them worse 
wish that you could feel this too Love that's swelling up here in my heart But I'll wait here for you to know it's true Overflow, I want nothing but the best for you Overflow, I am full up to the top Overflow, my heart is spilling out to you Overflow, I hope you feel the love I I am not the smartest guy Maybe it's cause you're the smartest girl And I pray to God that you'll stay in my world We were put here on this earth to love You know that we can never have enough Let's get everyone filled up on the good stuff Overflow, I want nothing but the best for you Overflow, I am full up to the top Overflow, my heart is spilling out to you Overflow, I hope you feel the love I've got Come on and give me I move along You and I can't sing this song But you'll be waiting right here And I got so much to share Overflow I want nothing but the best for you Overflow I am full up to the top Overflow I want nothing but the best for you Overflow, I hope you feel the love I've got Overflow, I want nothing but the best for you Overflow, I hope you feel the love I've got Overflow, my heart is spilling out to you That was so nice. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. I messed up a bunch of chords, but no one knows that. But now I've told you, you know, but <laughs> I thought that was so good. And also you are, I think, my first musical guest I've ever had. That was, I feel like I feel like I'm a, oh. a radio show host right now. <laughs> I hope that recorded right. That was awesome. Um, well, thank you so, so much. I feel like if that doesn't make you want to listen to the whole album, I don't know what what um the, what, we what? don't we don't even want you know. <laughs> yeah. we don't even want you listening to this record no but ser- but seriously that i'll tell you something that i have been working on um uh for a while and very intentionally working up to re- to doing this album that i'm going to release i took a class with an artist uh who i had um admired for a while uh this band called the double clicks like i kind of went to them with this desire to like meld all the different things I was doing. Cause I do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I do like this indie rock and these songs about tacos <laughs> and like, so that's a whole thing, by the way, I have a whole slew of songs. 
I have a song called I Gotta Go Pee that has <laughs> been getting massive plays. That so I have so that song. Funny. And then I have this song. It's very which, like meaningful uh, and heartfelt. Yes. <laughs> and probably only the seven people that listen will hear, you know. So sometimes that's a real bummer for artists. Like you like put your heart into something and then you like just had some other random thing that you did and like people are like, oh, they want you to do more of that. <laughs> and you're like, I don't love that. But, you know, I've heard quite a few artists say that. Now, I personally think my I Got to Go Pee song is hilarious. That song, a lot of those songs, some of my real, really ridiculous songs were born out of me literally writing the song in the classroom with my students like they will say some crazy thing and then I would just like put a like a USB mic on and record it, you know. Oh my gosh. And, that must be so fun just, for them. I I think they did. I think yeah. Well, okay. So so tell me more about this album in particular. Like mm. what's oh, it about? Where... When's it coming out? How can yeah, 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 yeah. people get stoked about it? So, okay. Well, I, I was going to say that the like the whole theme of the album is called Transitions and it's it's really about like like the changes that I think everyone goes through. I I feel like I'm in a bunch of transitions right now. Uh I'm I'm getting older, you know. I'm starting to look at that and go, what have I done with my life? What am I doing with my life? Um I've got kids, you know, like what's happening with them? You worry about your kids. I've always heard this and as I get older, you know, like I'm like, "Oh yeah, I see, I see why people worry about their kids. You love your kids. Um, my dad uh, has cancer. He's had cancer for a long time, um, but it metastasized not that long ago, which means that it's kind of like gone out from where it originally started, prostate cancer, and has gone out into other parts of his body. And so far, he seems to be doing okay. He's a little less energy. But like I'm, I'm starting to contemplate. Like my dad is a human, you mm. know. He has a, he has an end date. You know, at some point his body is going to stop mm. working and he's not going to be there. And so that's really, that's been a big thing. No one wants I'm to at that age where think about that. No, no one wants to think about your parents dying. But here I am at that point where that's that's very likely to happen in the next, not too long, you know. And so that's been tough. Um, my. I grew up in the church and I haven't been to church since the pandemic, um, since the pandemic happened. And that's been uh, really hard. And it wasn't because it wasn't available uh, online or something like that. And I wasn't mad that we were online. I'm just leaving because I'm not going to go to church if it's online. Um, it was more a... Uh, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. I just know that I've experienced a lot of disillusionment with the church. Um, I think a lot of it around the election cycle and what I felt like there was this big, and this is, I promise this ties into my album. Um, but like just seeing what I thought I understood who Jesus was. Here's Jesus. Here's what the Bible talks about. And then what I saw a large group of people who call themselves Christians and who are kind of latching onto things, and I think an attempt to gain power, but not really live a life of like what Jesus was talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel like I that's that divide that I've seen between what a, a large group that might call themselves evangelical and what I see actual Jesus in the Bible doing are so different that it is very ripping for me. Mm. Um, 
So you're and, experiencing a transition in like what your relationship with God and yep. the church looks yep. like and means. Oh my gosh. And that, I'll tell you, that's been the most, that's probably been one of the most heart ripping transitions. It's been a long, slow process of me like looking at what do I really believe? What do I think is really true? Mm-hmm. Like these are like those big questions. Why are we here? Mm-hmm. Do we have a purpose? Where we create, you know, like, like those questions music has a power you know like and across denominational christian not christian atheist agnostic it has a a power to it it's something intrinsic about music and also i think your spirit in some way and all that has all been wrapped up in like the songs i've written Mm -hmm. um because i am trying to find my where i am in all that Mm -hmm. you know and I cannot tell you the buckets of tears I have shed over this, um, that, just that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, a lot of the songs on this album are me, like, working through what am I still believing? What's important? What are the most important things? Um, You know, what uh, what am I going to hold on to? And what am I going to toss? So this album is is really about me like and it's not like all like that it's a lot of it's about love Mm -hmm. i feel like the beatles said you know all you need is love and i used to think that was kind of cheesy and now i'm like i think that's kind of the meaning of life i think that i think it is the meaning i think what is it about love what is it about loving people and that feeling of love for someone and for our children for our family Mm -hmm. um where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, like, where is that from? Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I would have attributed to God. I might still attribute it to God. <laughs> I, I don't like want to like, again, this is me being very honest and like saying, you know, I don't have all these answers. Mm-hmm. And, and people that tell me they do, I have great I have a lot of distrust for people that tell me they have all the answers because mm-hmm. as the older I've gotten, the less I feel like I have mm. really concrete answers. Um, but I still, does, I still want to know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, know? I think that is the mark of a wise person is true, is that the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know that there's so much beyond Seriously. what we know. I don't know if this is like premature, but do you feel like, where do you feel like you are in the journey? Do you think you're still like reckoning or do you feel like this album like moved you through it and you're like finding answers or like, are you kind of? Uh, I feel like, um, I feel like I'm still on the journey. I don't feel like I, I definitely don't feel like I have the answer. I feel like the, I feel like I'm more comfortable realizing I don't have the answer. Mm. I think I was very uncomfortable not having the answer mm-hmm. for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I was very uncomfortable with the fact that, oh my gosh, I don't know this for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this like thing that I'm just maybe I won't know totally. And I wanted to be like, okay with that. So that's some of that is me trying to just be okay with that like whole, you know, you just don't, you're just not going to know this. Some of the stuff you won't know till, till you die. And I, I, I keep coming back to like those things like, Uh, all we need is love Mm -hmm. you know like i think that is when i love people even people i disagree with 
and I, I really try to take that as my guiding principle mm-hmm. that it, it does change how I interact with them. You know, when I see people out of like, hey, they might be hurt and that's why they're mm. the way that's why they're being mean or they're being a bully or they're they're attacking. It's because th- maybe there's some hurt there, mm-hmm. you know, um, I I feel like it's weird the, to me. Yeah. The 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 takeaways that I'm getting are the idea that. Yeah, like all you all you need is love and like sometimes we won't have all the answers. I feel like those are kind of like the two yeah, big things yeah. that are like coming yeah. up for me as I'm listening yeah. to you. And and like just people want to be seen. They want to be understood. And and when they're struggling with things, I think when you can tell someone that you're struggling with something, that's a you tell that to a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, you tell a friend dude, I'm having a hard time, mm-hmm. you know, like this is bothering me or this is this is something that's like hurting or whatever. Like we go to our friends and I think the more you can be honest, the more people you can have, fr- you can be friends with them. I think when I see someone that tells me something really true about them, I have a whole other level of opening to that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm much more willing to share something with someone that said, I'm going through a divorce right now or I, like my kids, I can't stand my kids right now. Like, <laughs> I want to be understood and I want to help people. I think I want to help people be honest with themselves um, and, and, and thereby being honest with each other. Mm-hmm. And with their, I think that's a thing that I'm real. like, I wanted to be a whole person. Like I have a song on here that talks about the video games that I play, which doesn't feel like a really traditional singer, songwriter, artist thing. But that was part of me wanting to integrate like, like I am this person that's a total nerd that, dork that plays video games and hangs out and plays Fortnite. Um, and, and then I'm also like, like, you know, listening to Sufjan Stevens Mm -hmm. and, and like studying books on spirituality and like, and I think what you're touching on is like how like multidimensional people are. And we're not just like one part of ourselves, you know, and, yeah. and, and I think it kind of goes back to the idea of self-care. It's like, we're not just our physical body. We're not just our mind. We're not just our emotions. We're like all of these things combined. We're all of our interests and, you know, relationships rolled into one. And, and I think also what you yeah. talked about with like getting to know, like the, how are you about someone? It's like, I think what you're getting at is that like when when people can be vulnerable with one another, that's like where your true self um, yeah. like shines. Because it, it's easy to just sit, like put on a mask and be like, oh, I'm good. Everything's good all the time, you know. But when you can kind of reveal, you know, the vulnerabilities, I think that's where you like really yeah. see someone. Yeah. And it's – and when you can – I think – I know some people – have been very vulnerable in those moments and they did not maybe get, it was not a safe place for them to like, that person did not respond Mm -hmm. in a loving way or did not, you know, reciprocate or did not whatever. And so like, there's that, oh, I will never do that again. Mm -hmm. You know, that that getting burnt so you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've had plenty of times in my life where I've been burnt by extending myself, Mm -hmm. you know, but I keep, going back and it's not because i'm stupid and haven't learned a lesson well maybe it is maybe it is because i'm stupid but i'm i genuinely 
I don't see anything else worth doing other than loving and connecting with people. I don't think there's any, uh, at the core of like, what is the most important? Like when everyone is on their deathbed, they're not like, man, I hear this, like, I've heard this a million times. I wish I had invested more in, you know, Nike or I wish I had, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that like, you know, wish they could have taken more with them. But I think most people are like really wanting to connect with somebody mm-hmm. and their family and be surrounded by people that love them. Mm-hmm. And, and those relationships are like the most important thing. So when you were saying how we see people as a whole person, for me, the, the political debate really, th- there was this huge split. And like you would just see if you're you're put in a box red or blue, yeah, yep. And then you only can see them like that, you know. And and I had to really push through that because I had ex- I did the exact same thing. I saw people here, and I just want to lock them up. And now I talked with family members where we were like 180 degrees, but like really like listening because I'm like, this is my uncle, this is my dad, this is my mom, this is my brother. I love you. Let's how can we like, where, how do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, just tell me, like, what is it about this that you like? What is it about this person that you like? And, and then I talked too, and, and we really did come more together, even though we still don't agree, mm-hmm. you know, on a lot of things. And I think that I think with racism and the issues in our country, like, that's, a, that's part of this struggle too. this last year is me like working through that, like, how do I have that conversation with, with my friends that are firefighters and police officers and like, people that I know and I know some of them I've I've really we've burned some bridges a little bit you know like because I think I came out pretty hot like as a lot of people have been like really extreme and there's still things that I believe very resolutely and I'm not going to probably change my mind a whole lot on them Mm -hmm. you know like when I think about justice and and issues of justice but um I feel like this episode or like your album could be called like the Meaning of Life with Steve Giles. <laughs> <laughs> the Meaning of Life with Steve Giles. There's the title of this episode. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah, and it's... I, I don't know. It, me, I, I want to... I want to love people. I want to do what's right. And I really do feel like even my friends that have a very different political view, that's really... I think that's their motivating factor. A lot of them, they want to love... They want to be good to people in their life and they and they want to do what's right Mm -hmm. you know i think i think this is a nice kind of like comes full circle you know you talked earlier about like this idea of like people just want to be seen and heard like for their true selves and like that you kind of try to like live your life like in love and you know to be a loving person to the people around you but i also feel like kind of in hearing more about this album it's almost like like this is you putting your heart into your songs and being like i want to be seen this is me very complicated mm-hmm. all the things i'm wrestling with here you go it's like you're yeah. putting yourself is, out there yeah. and i am putting myself I am definitely putting myself out there with this album. Like for me, this is probably, uh, it's definitely, I feel like it's my most whole thing and it's probably the 
for me, it feels the riskiest. Mm. This is a heart on my sleeve full on. <laughs> and, but not, but like, I don't think it's all crazy, super heavy either. Mm-hmm. Like there's some of it's just, it's light and fun and sweet. But that's also, you know, like love songs. Part of you, like you said. Which is a part of me, absolutely. There's a part of you yeah. that, you know, plays Minecraft and, you know, does does yeah. that fun stuff on the side. So, I mean, if you want to get to know Mr. Giles, take a listen to this album, which is coming out soon. Before before we talk a little bit about like your Kickstarter and how people can learn more about it and support you and stuff, I just have you. Are you familiar with Rainer Maria Rilke, a, a poet? I yeah, I know the name, okay. and I know I've seen some of it, but I, I haven't like read a full. He, I've read some of his his writings and poetry and letters and stuff, but um, there's one quote that I want to read that I feel like really resonated with me. And like as you were talking about like your transitions and struggles and everything, like I feel like this is like a very appropriate um, quote that I want to mm-hmm. share, and then we can like talk about the businessy stuff about your album. But I'll end on this sure. thought. He said, "So Rainer Maria Rilke writes." Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers, which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. Mm. Wow. That's good. Ooh, that's, that's some songs right there. I'm sure, I'm sure some people have done some good songs with that. Yeah. But so anyway, your Kickstarter. So yeah, my Kickstarter. When's the album launching? How can people support you? Sure. So the record will be out sometime next year. If all goes as planned with the Kickstarter. Um, the Kickstarter is bit.ly, B-I-T, period, L-Y, forward slash, S-W-G, that's Stephen Wesley Giles, S-W-G, Kickstarter. So it's bit.ly, forward slash, S-W-G, Kickstarter. That's a little shortcut, and that'll get you to, you can actually go whenever you hear this, um, that'll lead you to the album. What Kickstarter does is people can donate at different levels. And then if, by the way, if the Kickstarter doesn't reach the amount of money that I would need to make the album, then everyone just, their money is not charged. Mm. And they don't, there's no loss on their side. Um, if I do get the money that I'm asking for, I'm asking for $5,000, not from one person, but like everyone donates like $20 or 50, whatever. We have like a reward, like awards, like, t-shirts and there's a cd there's stickers there's buttons there's things that go along with the theme of the album i have really cool art i'm so excited to share the art and stuff i have an artist that i grew up uh, in high school i knew him now i'm gonna make this album no matter what no matter what like if it doesn't fund i don't get the money i will still make it it will take longer it won't be done in the same way I won't be able to do it maybe at the level that I wanted to do it at, but I'm still going to make it. I've always made music. I've always released music. And that's why I like to tell people that this is something they can do and feel confident that they're going to get something Mm -hmm. from it. Um, I'm going to deliver this album barring dying or something. You know, I'm like, I'm really, 
I'm going to deliver the album. I've, I've done this over and over again. I know how to do it. I have my own studio. The things that I'm going to do and why I need the money, um, one is like literally replicating CDs, making, making physical product. Um, make, we're going to have, like I said, there's going to be like lots of just kind of fun merch stuff that's going to go along with it. Um, it's going to help me pay for some additional musicians but I have a lot of so gifted friends and I just want to bring as many people in as I can. Mm-hmm. And by doing a Kickstarter, like kind of committing to something, it's kind of like if you take guitar lessons, you end up learning guitar. I'm committing finances and time and effort to this to spend, to build art and to make something very special. Mm-hmm. And I, I care about this so much that that's why I'm doing the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. It's important enough to me to make it more of an event. Mm-hmm. It's not... Just me like, oh, I put it on Bandcamp or I put it on Spotify. Check it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, it lets, like, people who know you or love your music an opportunity to, like, support and be a part of it, too. I think there's there's an element of, like, yeah. like kind of like your community coming around you and saying, like, yes, make this, you know? Yeah. And I, I, love, ha- I've, I love having community. And it, I'm really, like... L- like I would like to make a living as a musician. That would be amazing. I would be like over the moon if I could make all of my financial needs met from my family and myself with music. Just to be real, I just don't make that. I don't make enough. I make enough money to pay for like all my gear, keep my computer upgraded, help with things around the house sometimes. Like I get like, you know, I get royalty checks from songs that I've written and that are on shows. Uh, just had a song that was on the Babysitters Club on Netflix. And uh, it's really cool, too. Episode six, season two, 26 minutes in. Oh, it's the last song awesome. in the whole show. <laughs> I watched the whole show, actually. I've, I've never watched the Babysitters Club, but it was really sweet. And the way they use the song, I wrote it with a friend. It's a band we have called Dove Pilot. And it's a song called Get Happy, Lucky Hearts. It's a really cool song. I really like it. And I was so excited that it got used. I've done a lot of this. And when you build something up and you give it value, uh, I value it. And it's important to me. And I'm calling people to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And- so folks can check it out at bit dot lee slash swg kickstarter and now do you yes. have a website or like your social media yeah. handles where like yeah. folks can follow you if they're interested in yeah learning more it's new cool it's kind of like my label okay sort of my music label and you'll see a big link that says steven wesley giles and dove pilot like kind of the bands that i'm mm-hmm. in they're all me or like they're all me and i'm a part of it in some way but so new cool now is probably the easiest. Okay, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on all the places. Uh, and I'd love for anyone that would like to join in that conversation that we're talking about, uh, come and join me. Yes, awesome. Well, thank you so so much, Steve, for your time tonight for. Um, being my first musical artist on my podcast and just all the life lessons and, you know, trying to figure out the meaning of life together. (laughs) It's been fun. Yeah. I love it. It's been great. Thanks for having me. And yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Steve. If you are interested in learning more about his Kickstarter, which goes through December 7th, you can 
uh, check that out at my website. It will be at isabelandsandimas.com slash SWG. And that's SWG for Stephen Wesley Giles. As we mentioned in the recording, his album will be out next year. And hopefully that little tidbit of music that he played in the beginning uh, really uh, intrigued you because I thought he did such a nice job playing that. And um, he's such a great artist. So please go over to his Kickstarter and support him if you are interested. I am curious to know, do you know Mr. Giles, maybe from Lone Hill Middle School or from around San Dimas? Did you know he was an artist and musician? What instruments do you play or what kind of music do you play or listen to? Feel free to keep the conversation going at isabelandsandimas.com slash SWG. So there's quite a few upcoming events that I want to talk to you about. So here goes. On November 9th at the city council meeting at 7 o'clock, there are going to be two public hearings. One is a public hearing about a new ordinance that the council is going to pass about organic waste collection. So for those who don't know, uh, starting in January of 2022, uh, we will be asked to place our organic waste. Uh, That's like food waste, uh, food stained paper, uh, meat scraps, things like that into our green bins along with our yard trimmings. And that's because of a state law SB 1383, I want to say, that passed a few years ago. Uh, And so this is part of a statewide effort to reduce carbon emissions and uh, help save the planet. So if you're interested in learning more about that, that's going to be on a public hearing on Tuesday, November 9th at the city council meeting. Also, a big topic for the council meeting is a a public hearing about the district maps. So you might have heard me talk about how Sandy Miss is going to be going to district elections in next in next June 2022. And uh, on Tuesday's meeting, they will be reviewing uh, the many maps that were submitted by the public for consideration. And so this, if you care about this, if you care about local politics, if you're interested in the upcoming elections, this would be an important uh, meeting for you to attend and and speak up at, have your voice heard. Uh, The council will be looking at the maps and possibly making a decision on what the districts will look like for the next election. If they don't make a decision, there are going to be further meetings in the not too distant future because they have to make a final decision um, at their next meeting in November before uh, they have to submit in December. On Thursday, November 11th, City Hall will be closed for Veterans Day. City Hall will also be closed on the 25th and 26th for Thanksgiving. And on Veterans Day, the Sandy Miss Heroes will be hosting a memorial event at four o'clock at Freedom Park. It will be about half an hour and it will be honoring 33 new Sandy Miss veterans who will have their name engraved on uh, the granite wall at the monument. So uh, feel free to join that event. And last but not least, on December 4th, uh, the Sandy Miss Holiday Extravaganza will be taking place. This is, you know, a great annual holiday event. There will be crafts for kids starting at 2 o'clock. And then from 4 to 9, there will be a parade, tree lighting, and you might even see Santa. All right. That is it for me. One last thing before I go, my personal tidbit, you know, we heard Steve talk a lot about making music and writing lyrics and stuff. And um, I just remembered that way back when, when Phil and I started dating, uh, we were long distance for the first year of our relationship and he used to play guitar and write me love songs. So that's a fun fact about us. 
Thanks for joining me today. I am Isabel in San Dimas. And before I go, I want to encourage you to connect with one of your neighbors. Stop by the open mic on November 20th. I will plan to be there with my family and we would love to see you and say hi and listen to some great music by local artists. As always, you can find me at isabelandsandemus.com. You can email me, send me a message on my contact page. I love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.